Good morning to everyone on this rainy <laughs> Sunday morning. There's something that's wonderful, the rain. There's something very touching about the rain and the impact it has on you, particularly when you're sitting. And it reminds me some words um, from many years ago when I um, was sitting with, uh, studying with Robert Aiken Roshi in Hawaii. And sometimes uh, during the the um, summer season you would get monsoonal rains that just go for days and days and horizontal rain. So rain was very much a part of our experience. And one day when we were sitting there in in, um, in Sazen, Robert Aiken just quietly said a few words, as he often did, and said, it's raining in your heart. Mm-hmm. Now, it's got an echo with a very corny song from um, many years ago that he was connecting into, you know, that song about it's raining in your heart, um, which is a, a love song. <clears throat> but those words, everyone spoke about that afterward and said, those words really touched me. And when it's raining, it is like it's raining in your heart. There's a certain mood that it evokes, which is not one of sadness necessarily. Um, I can't find the words to describe it, but it does evoke a certain mood, which doesn't make sense. And that's probably a good segue into the title of my talk today, which is about the wisdom of nonsense, the wisdom of nonsense. Um, there are many instances in Zen literature, um, like in Cohen studies and stories, many, many of them um, that don't make sense. They're actually not supposed to make sense. Um, they, they challenge our too preoccupied cerebral brain, you know, and to, they challenge us to sit into another way of looking at life, which is not necessarily logical or rational or based on plans and strategies and outcomes, etc. It invites us into a a much more playful, intimate way of being in the world. There's many examples of them, but I'll give you this one, which is not a very well-known koan, which is at the end of the Mumon Khan. It's called Kung Thing's One Road. A monk asked the priest Kung Thing, Bhagavats in the Ten Directions, One Straight Road to Nirvana, a wonder where that road is. Kung Feng lifted up his staff, drew a line in the air and said, here it is. And then later a monk asked you men about this. You men held up his fan and said, this fan jumps up to the heaven of the 33 and strikes the nose of the deity Chakra Devenda Give a carp of the eastern sea one blow and the rain comes down in torrents. Some people spend years trying to work it out. (laughs) It's nonsense. (laughs) He wants us to enter into the, the, into nonsense, but nonsense is not a, nonsense is not a funny, sort of necessarily a funny, witty place to go in your mind. Nonsense is is reality, it's the way the world is, in one way. And when you reflect on it, when we go through our busy working weeks, 
we're caught up in reading books, which is one word after another in sequence that have a kind of a logical meaning to it, so we do that. And um, we're looking at our work based on um, plans and outcomes and strategies that will meet the outcomes, da-da-da-da-da. That's what adults do. Mm -hmm. And then if we've got the chance, say on the weekend, to be in a garden, or even better, to be in some natural bushland setting or by the sea, and we just, just hang out there, we enter into a, into a different world um, that's not filled with logic. So we can project it onto what we're doing. We could get into the logic of how the flowers bloom, you know, and study biology, etc. But we would miss the point of being in a garden, you know. And when we're in a garden or in the bush, we have a different experience. And it's not there's a there's a there is an organic intelligence in all the plants and animals and the nature which is there. But it's very different to logical intelligence. And when you're in a garden or you're in the bush, you can't help but, even if it's unconscious, you just absorb the sense that everything is interconnected in that bush. Mm -hmm. And you get a sense of the randomness of it. You know, like there's no water, you go into the bush, there's no straight lines. You come back out into the streets, there's straight lines everywhere, houses, gutters, soap ride signs, uh, uh, road signs, etc. But in the bush, there's no straight lines. And it's a very different world that we enter into an organic kind of world. And it's similar to what happens when we enter into the world of meditation, into the world of zazen, which I want to speak a little bit more about later. But also the wisdom of nonsense um, is very, there, there's a tradition of that in um, English literature. And there's many different writers in English literature. They've even wrote a book called The Book of Nonsense. Uh, uh, his name escapes me at the moment, it'll come back. Um, but some of the writers uh, in English literature, um, Lewis Carroll, um, Mervyn Peake, um, Spike Milligan even, and even Monty Python is in that, that same spirit of, of nonsense which we all enjoy so much because it's so crazy. You know? we, we love its craziness. You're probably very familiar um, with some of these poems, maybe some of them not. But for example, um, Lewis Carroll's famous poem, Jabberwocky. I won't read the whole thing. "'Twas brillig, and the slilly toes did gyre and gimble in the wave. All mimsy were the borogroves, and the moan rouse our grave." Uh -huh. How wonderful is that? Uh -huh. The other writer I was thinking of is Edward Lear, who wrote a book called The, uh, the Book of Nonsense. One of his favourite poems, which I actually learnt off by heart years ago, was The Dong with the Luminous Nose. And it comes back to the refrain, Their heads are green and their hands are blue, and they went to sea in a sieve. Another favourite by Mervyn Peake is... Uh, 
cannot give a reason. I cannot give a reason. I only sing the tunes, the sadness of the seasons, the madness of the moons. I cannot be didactic or lucid, but I can be quite obscure and practically marzipan. Engorging and gushness and all that squishified, my voice has all the lushness of what I can't abide. And yet it has a beauty, most proud and terrible, denied to those whose duty is to be cerebral. (laughs) (laughs) And coming back to Zen and meditation, um, that beauty, the beauty of Sazen and the, and the experience of Zen is denied whose duty is to be cerebral. Is it your duty to be cerebral? Mm-hmm. Um, we think of a mature adult, you know, as someone who's got a feet on the ground and they're, 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 they're realists. But what, what do they mean by being a realist? Is being a realist is reading what you read in the newspaper? and being caught up in your plans and your logic and your strategy and so on. You know, uh, a, a sort of a, a mature person has a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And, and so what is a retirement plan? A retirement plan is how you make plans after you retire, right? So you're continually making plans, <laughs> right? And then you die, right? Where did your life go to? Mm-hmm. Is that really what we want our life to be? Do you know, to be caught up in plans and meeting goals? Is that what life is about? Sure, that's what we need to do. I do it as well. Um, Otherwise, it would just be social chaos. But if we think that's the touchstone of our reality, that it's what it is to be a mature adult, well, I guess then has a different perspective on that. And it's inviting us into this nonsensical, non-logical, childlike, playful, intimate way of being with life again. And that is the touchstone of our reality, not the plans and the strategies, etc. So when you come to a day of sitting like this, of course, on the, on the outside, it all looks rather serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the actual act of Sazen itself, like I said last Tuesday, your job is just to turn up to be present and not try and control anything. Um, and if you just turn up to be present and not can't try and control anything, then you touch base with your, what we might refer to as your Buddha nature, which is really another word that's synonymous with your organic nature. It's like you you turn up to the garden of your mind and you turn up to the garden of your body. It's organic. Just be present with its organic nature. The beating of your heart, the breathing of your lungs, the digestion of your food, hearing, seeing. It's just turning up to that which is organic. Oh. Is it your duty to be cerebral? <laughs> we bring that into question. <laughs>